0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yeah, the fair catch rule, we had a chance to, to weigh in on that with all the special teams coaches. Uh, we went to, uh, we, had a, we had a long talk and discussion about that. We weren't for it. You know, we voted against it. We think it's going to create more you know, high-speed head trauma than, than not having it in there. That's our position on it. And uh, But we'll see. You know, they want to give it a shot and take a look at it, and we'll give it a shot and take a look at it. So it's in, and, and because it's in, we support it. But uh, we thought there were better ideas.
1: My thing is, where does it stop, right? So you start taking pieces, and, um, you know, we'll see how this goes. But you don't want to take too many pieces away or you be playing flag football.
0: John Harbaugh, who made his bones as a special teams coach for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's right. When Reid was the Eagles head coach, they both have some thoughts about this chip, chip, chipping away at the kickoff rule. Basically, they understand it's dangerous. So their solution is, let's just not do it as often. That's how they've been working toward making it safer. Hey, it's a dangerous play, so let's create scenarios where it won't happen. I don't know that that's the way to do it. We've had one occasion over the past decade where they've tried to make some more fundamental changes to the play itself. But this latest change, the fair catch between the goal line and the 25 that gives you the ball at the 25, that is just another example of coming up with a way to have Fewer kickoff returns because we have fewer kick returns. There's going to be fewer instances of guys colliding at high speed, fewer concussions, fewer neck injuries, fewer injuries overall. So what's so Hardball's logic? I heard from
1: somebody. What's Hardball's logic on why it'll create more? That's uh, the squib? I don't know. Is he thinking the squib? I guess
0: Well, it's more, well the mortar kick. The mortar kick. I was told yesterday by a coach is going to be utilized more aggressively there's going to be a lot of creativity applied by special teams coaches to force the ball into play we're going to force you to return this kick we're going to force you to not make a fair catch and take it at the 25 so you're going to have i don't know that you're going to have more high speed collisions but it's going to be more of a crazy scrum where there could be more collisions i mean what they're trying to minimize is the full speed guys running at each other unimpeded right and dipping dipping their helmets instinctively yep. at the moment of contact. That's how Kevin Everett, remember the Bills tight end, sure. who suffered a serious neck injury that ultimately was was resolved, but but it scared the hell out of everyone. Yep. And then Eric LeGrand at Rutgers permanently paralyzed in a similar setting, and it made Greg Shiano one of the pioneers when he was with the Buccaneers to push changes through. That's what they're trying to avoid. Two guys, straight line, maximum speed, you know, like the old, like you know, the the Oklahoma drill, but instead of 10 yards apart, you're 40 yards apart when you finally collide. So that's what they're trying to take out of it. But, but again, they have to be cognizant of the unintended consequences. What are teams going to do now with the kickoff? What are teams going to do with the kick return? You're not required to take the fair catch. Maybe you're going to decide, you know what? This team never has to make any tackles on kickoff returns anymore because, they always kick it out of the end zone or the, the the team that they're playing always does the fair catch and puts it to 25. So they're not ready to deal with us. Let's go. We're going to return it. We're not going to take the fair catch. So I, I just think that, that this isn't the silver bullet that they're looking for. What they need to do is sit down and consider more fundamental changes to the kickoff return. And if they can't come up with a solution, just get rid of it and put the ball to 25.
1: I, I mean, it, it seems like we're going there. I mean, we've made a lot of adjustments to that play already. You know, I know there's going to be injuries, but yeah, it's just, I'm a little bit with Andy Reid. Where does it stop? I got to see it to believe it with what John Harbaugh says. You know, I I don't think, I don't see how it's going to create more high end, you know, collisions. I don't. I think when it gets all down to it, like teams are just going to fair catch it and go, hey, I'm going to take the ball at the 25. And I don't think teams are going to risk go, I'm going to hit the squib kick and maybe they're going to get the ball at the 45 because we didn't squib it the right way or it bounced off a guy in the front line. I just, I have a hard time thinking that'll happen. But to me, it, it is a little bit more of like, you know, again, at some point, this was a part of the game. It's a big part of the game. It's one of the most exciting plays in the game. I mean, one of the best moments of the year last year. Let me think about it. Oh, Naheem Hines with DeMar Hamlin in the stadium. Kick return, touchdown, twice. I mean, marquee moments. Devin Hester, Super Bowl. I mean... I, I, that's where it's just like, at some point we got to just go, Hey, this is football players. This is what you signed up for. We're going to continue to adjust rules. So, you know, we don't have a, like a, like you said, the wedge and four guys and doing something that's just so barbaric, but like we know what we signed up for here and uh, it's getting close to seven on seven and it's getting a little scary that way. And it does annoy me. You know that.
0: Well, and you know, by the way, the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving, the NBC game. There was a kickoff return by the Vikings. To so win the game, basically. A huge forth. moment, it, it really, right? It it just it it came at a time when they desperately needed it, and it gives the team a lift as the game goes forward. It's one of those lightning strike plays that can change the vibe of a game. It's and the third the phase
1: of the game, and we're taking a phase away of the game. This like would say that out loud. There's three phases of a game and we're taking one of them away. And, and I just, that I don't love that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Here's here's something else I know. I haven't written this yet, but I will later today. Here's what I'm told. And this is behind the curtain stuff. This is conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. This is, the call is coming from inside the house. There's, there's a there's shooter on us, the grassy knoll. And there's what's really, and there's what's really going on. <laughs> right. That I'm privy to, because again, I'm the only one that will say this out loud. In March, when they tried to push this change through initially. Part, Take that down, Pete, or I will drive to Stanford and kick your ass today. <laughs> unless, I'm, unless I'm not. Um, all right, thank you. Uh, and I said Stanford for some reason, not Stanford. Far longer drive to Palo Alto than Connecticut. But I digress. The They tried to push this through in March. And one of the reasons they tabled it is someone suggested – Let's bring some special teams coordinators to New York. Let's have a meeting where we brainstorm ways we can make the place safer without doing this thing that the coaches don't want with the fair catch inside the 25 and between the goal line, and you get it at 25. So a group went to New York, and for whatever reason, Rich McKay wasn't there for this meeting. Well, Rich McKay, I'm told, right now, basically, it's Goodell, it's McKay running the show deciding what rules go through, pushing it through, overpowering the naysayers. There's about 26 owners who aren't paying enough attention to really care anyway, and it's Goodell and it's McKay. And if McKay's got that much juice and he's not showing up for this meeting, how in the hell is anything that's discussed at that meeting going to change what they ultimately did? And the fact that he wasn't there tells you they're not interested in brainstorming ideas. They just want fewer kick returns. So they're doing this because they think it's going to be fewer kick returns because it's the most dangerous play in the game. And I guess there's some cockeyed concern about liability, that you know this is the most dangerous play in the game and you're not doing anything to, to minimize it. Look, You've done they all a lot of know things. it's dangerous. Right? They all know. Right? That they all know the risks. No one can file a single lawsuit now saying that the NFL knows the risks of the game and they've done nothing to make the game safer. Yeah. They know the risks when they sign up. The union knows the risks. That's if what I mean. If you don't want to accept the risks, right? Don't play football. Where does it? We all know then? it now. There That's, was a time. I know. There was a time where we didn't know it. Right. We all know it now. Right. If you're I mean. Playing, You're accepting those. Are they going to
1: take the ISO run away? Are they going to take the ISO play away? Because, you know, we know it's it's a – man, we might be liable. We know it's a high-collision play. You know, Saquon Barkley hitting the linebacker, running the football. We should take it away. I'm just annoyed, and I'm annoyed about this subject because of the next subject we're going to talk about and the bullshit the NFL peddles to everybody all the time. And they're going to tell yes. us they worry gonna, about they're gonna safety. They're going to finally call and
0: complain about you They worry of me. about
1: safety. But yet they're going to make all the players play on a surface that they say is not safe and they get hurt on and their body hurts just to make a little more money. So that's where I say NFL screw off with your on your little pedestal safety bullcrap.
0: Sorry. There was a great feature on HBO's Real Sports right. on Tuesday night. Yep. Andrea Kramer reported talking to Dr. Timothy Kremchek, who's been the team physician for the Cincinnati Reds for 27 years. He also participates in providing medical services at high school football games. And the, the thrust of it was artificial turf is incredibly more dangerous than grass. And because the NFL uses it, all these high schools think that it's okay. And you've got these old fields that are overused, that are hard as rock, that kids are getting injured on all the time. He said there's an epidemic of injuries, on high school fields. Yes. Because it is harder. They showed this this test where the absorption by the field right. of the weight when someone's head hits. And when you drop a weight on grass, it just kind of stays there. When you drop a weight on turf, it bounces back up. Exactly. The turf doesn't absorb it. Right, The head does, the helmet does. So you've got a proliferation of knee injuries because as Dr. Kramchak said, one of your points, you put your foot in and your foot gets stuck. Exactly. And so the stress goes from the foot to the ankle to the knee and pop goes the ACL. That's what happens to the lower leg. Then you get thrown onto the turf And the force stays with your helmet and you get a concussion. You get a head injury that way. That's why the turf is dangerous. And the NFL always says, we want to make these safety changes so it will trickle down to the levels of the sport. Well, guess what? You're ignoring a safety issue for money as it relates to grass versus turf. Right. And that's trickling down the wrong way. Right. An unsafe condition is trickling down because all these schools think, hey, if it's good enough for the NFL – it's good enough for us.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we, we worry about the kickoff return, though. We're worried about the kickoff. How about the guys running down on the kick return and getting hurt before they even get to hit anybody? Because the turf sucks, NFL. How about the, we're going to change all the freaking fields for the World Cup soccer players, but not our own American football oh, players. That's a big that's issue. That's disgusting. That's a big it's, issue. It's actually disgusting. It's disgusting.
0: Think about that. The owners should Think be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. Go Think ahead. That. Yeah. Yeah. Stan cronky and Jerry Jones, we're calling you out. Yeah. You're going to bend over backwards so you can get some of that FIFA money. You're going to bend over backwards and you're going to put grass. You're going to put pristine FIFA quality grass because that's the only way you're getting the games. That's the only way you're going to get the Because their players won't play on turn. Explain that because too. Because they won't play exactly. on turn. Right. Exactly. Because they won't do it. Because that's, that's what's required to have a chance at the game. The players won't play on turf. They want grass. They want good grass. They'll do it for them because they're chasing the big Mamu. But they won't do it for their own players because they don't have to. Because it would be too expensive to have a grass system all the time. Because, you know, that might cut into our budget that we have to have for all of our servants who take care of our super yachts. We can't have that. We can't have that. I mean, we're talking about people who are obscenely wealthy, who are too cheap to protect their own investments. That's what's ludicrous about this. That's ludicrous. That's exactly right. Even if you don't regard these players as human beings, you have money invested in them. Why do you want to put them at risk of injury where they aren't going to be available to play for you because you're too damn cheap to put in a good grass system that would be safer for them? They all want it. Almost universally they want it. But they can't get it. And the league, what the league does, Chris, and this is another call that comes from inside the house. Dr. Sills told the owners this week that, you know, the the numbers for injuries on turf versus grass this year, they, they you know, they, they weren't good. Oh, yeah. But nobody asked what are the numbers. Yeah. But nobody asked what are the numbers. Of course. Nobody, why would nobody ask what the numbers are? So I asked yesterday twice, what yeah. are the numbers? You know what I got? Yeah, crickets. Crickets. Yeah, right. Great. Of course. But I was told, I was told, I was told they were awful. Yeah. By someone who is willing to talk because they know that I'm willing to say it. Right. The numbers are awful. It's a disaster. And the league is circling the wagons because they're participating in the effort to help the owners save money. And I remember years ago when the NFL was in its lockout with the union. I was actually, you know, that's when they would make people available from the league to be on shows like this because they're trying to preach their gospel about why they're right and the union's wrong. And Roger Goodell was on this show back in 2011. And I remember the suggested talking points from PR was, you know, point out that he's, he's not just the commissioner for the owners. He's the commissioner for all of football at every level. If that's true, commissioner, Mr. Commissioner, if I may, this is on you. You're the one that needs to push this through. The evidence is there. The evidence is there, Roger. The players don't want this turf. The high schools shouldn't be playing on this turf. No. The and you're the one who can be. make it you're the one who can change it and he's getting a new contract that should be the first thing he does once he gets his next contract because you have no more power than you have the moment your new contract kicks in right that's the moment that he can, if he truly wants to build a legacy and that's what he needs to be thinking about now last four years of his job how wh- how am i going to be remembered how about i'm i'm going to be the guy that gets rid of these god-awful turf fields once and for all and has grass everywhere good grass not crappy grass not grass that in carolina they're not ready for it to be 25 degrees and it's harder than the hardest artificial turf field i'm talking about real playable safe grass yeah but you you, you want a legacy for roger goodell let him be the grass commissioner Please. the guy who got rid of turf once and for all let's Please. see if he's willing to do it
1: well, I, I mean yes i mean I, again and nothing on the field turf is is good nothing I would think head injuries will go down, too, once we get off field turf. Again, I would question that we wouldn't see some of those people frozen in as many positions because of what you talked about. Watch everybody. Go watch the HBO Real Sports. When you bounce it off the field turf, things bounce. Oh, and
0: we're in it. Right. And we're in it, by the way. I didn't mention that I earlier. Will go. So this
1: is where I wanted we're to go. In we're in it because, you know, you, you know me. I've been red-faced about this for a long time. So we're in it. But more importantly, right after we're in it, are the Kelsey brothers, right? And I know I'm paraphrasing here, right? But Travis Kelsey basically says he'd rather play
0: on anything in the world other than – he'd rather do anything. I'd rather play – Right. When in, in, I'd rather play in in a thunderstorm with the risk of getting struck by lightning right. than play on artificial Exactly. Turf. He rattled off perfectly. The players hate it.
1: It's ridiculous, and uh, I hope the NFL. We can all put enough pressure on them here as we go to to change this. I mean, and it goes like you said. It's trickled the high schools, the colleges. It's it's a joke. Oh, the greatest college game ever played. The game, Michigan, Ohio State on plastic. Oh, okay, Texas, my old school. Are you thinking making ninety zillion freaking dollars a year? Put a freaking grass field down there. It's a joke across because they're just, we want to save a few extra dollars, but screw the people that are supporting and making us the dollars. Screw them. They can get hurt and whatever. Because I can have a concert here next week and that'll
0: all be good. <laughs> after the segment ended, Andrea Kramer was in studio with Brian Gumbo, and she said that she's talked to players. Just basically, do you know the morning after a game? Definitely. Just by the way, your body feels. Definitely. Whether you played on grass or turf. And they said, absolutely. yeah, Feel it all over. Right. Knees are swollen up. Knee has to be drained. They, they they know it instinctively. Yes. The next day, whether they played on grass or turf. I remember when we were kids and it was the Phil Sims green cement. That right. I still don't know how your dad is able to walk upright after playing on that stuff. I remember that if we had access to go play, on a turf field, we thought we. Thought oh, that's it was so cool! That's what we see on. You're TV. a pro, right? And then the next morning, the next morning, and we're playing two hand touch. Right. The next morning, nobody can get out of bed, because every joint from the waist down is irritated and swollen, because your body is absorbing all of the force that your foot is putting onto that turf because it's bouncing right back up into your body and none of it is going down into the ground. The first
1: time, the first few times I ever played on field turf, because like you're saying, you're explaining it right, that's old AstroTurf. The new field turf is even more forces than you because of the rubber pebbles and all that. The first few times I remember being on it, I, I was, me, teammates, whatever, we were cramping in our in our, like, calf muscles and in our leg muscles because of the reshock, what you're talking about. Our bodies weren't used to it, right? It was like, whoa, this is, this is weird, whatever. And I was, like, in practice and going, damn, I'm, I'm cramping up and I've, I haven't even run yet. Like, what the hell's going on? It was an issue, but that just – I'm just, again, trying to explain that there is a jarring – it's a jarring experience once you feel the difference. It is, and it's got to go.
0: Well, bottom line is we are both prepared to die on this hill. Yeah, we it will are be a hill covered in grass, not field turf. All right, let's take a break. We're gonna dive back into the Chris Sims top forty quarterback countdown when PFT Live continues right after this.
1: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com Metaverse Impact. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party, only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable. Bonus pass that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I played in this division last year, and I'm pretty sure the Bucks won it still, so... Um. I don't really care what the people in, in Vegas are putting odds on it because it's, uh, it's May. We haven't, we haven't played a real snap of football. There's a long way to go before that. And, and uh, yeah, it's just the time of year where everybody's pretty bored and they don't really have much to talk about. And uh, it, it makes it fun. All salty Baker is back and he's at number 24 on the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. Even though Peter King has the Bucks at number 31 as a team, Baker. How's he so high on this list? And, look, I'm a believer that he gets in the right circumstances. He can be good again because he was good in 2018. He was good in 2020. 21 was a waste because he hurt himself in week two making a tackle. Last year, you know, he's thrown around from Cleveland to Carolina to the Rams. He never really had a chance to get properly ensconced. This year he does, and you see something there that – I assume makes you think that it's going to work for him in Tampa.
1: I, I think so. You know, again, it, it, it's one of those things where, hey, team matters, right? I mean, that's a big part of this. And, and what can they do to help them out? You know, they, you know and, and, and real, I am a believer in Baker Mayfield. Let's be serious. He's been in two pretty crappy situations. He got screwed over in Cleveland. You know, they screwed him over. He led them to the playoffs. He came back the next year. Things started well. He got hurt. He tried to battle through, and people used it against him because he didn't play his best with a a broken shoulder, right? Last year, he goes to Carolina. Yeah, things aren't good. I mean, there's a reason they fired the head coach. The offensive coordinator's not there, anything anymore. It wasn't good. It stunk. He didn't have this. And then when he was playing for Carolina – right they couldn't run the ball they weren't protecting the ball that well you go back and watch film of those games man there's a lot of drops you know who else didn't look good in carolina that's really awesome right christian mccaffrey so team matters why can't we get our head around you know hey christian mccaffrey you all look at like he's one of the best running backs in football i go well he didn't look like that in carolina well why do we expect the quarterback to look like that with that team and things around him so baker mayfield he showed you You know, first off, he has an elite arm, Mike. That's where I'm a believer in him. It's one of the stronger arms in the NFL. It might not be Josh Allen or Mahomes, but it's that next group there. So that's where I'm a believer in him. And you saw even with the Rams, with a coach who's, you know, got a good system, quarterback friendly, gives them some answers. And, oh, wait, if they blitz, do this. If they do this, audible to that. And he showed success in a very short period of time. And in a very tough situation, so that's where you know I'm a believer in Baker Mayfield. That arm, though, gift and a curse. He can try to stick the ball into too many tight windows and be a little careless that way. But I still think he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL with with more potential to be higher than 24.
0: The bad news for Baker Mayfield, this is the lowest he's ever been. He was 17 last year. He was 13 in 2021. Never been lower than 21 before on the Chris Sims list. But, look, this is the guy who was the number one overall pick in the draft. And he did give us moments as a rookie. Created a lot of hype and expectation. 2019, there was regression. 2020, it was awesome. Yeah. Finished with the Browns giving the Chiefs everything they could handle in the divisional round. And it started in 21 with the Browns giving the Chiefs everything they could handle in week one. And it all fell off the rails week two at home against the Texans when he injured his shoulder making a right. tackle. Another reason why. We talked about the coaching points yesterday. The coaching yeah. points end once the ball's out. The coaching point needs to be, if there's a turnover, shelter. Get down. <laughs> yeah, right. Get away from the action. Don't get yourself injured. Period. Okay. Uh, so he's at 24. Let's see who's at number 23. A guy that I think that there are some out there that would put him even higher because he is the most gifted running quarterback right now in football, but the passing game, a work in progress. Justin Fields comes in at number 23. Are you buying all the hype that is going Justin Fields' way as we get closer to the start? Of the 23 campaign. Well,
1: you know, I've been a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a defender of Justin Fields. Right. And some of the things, you know, with all the talk this off season, should they trade him away for the number one pick and, and do all that and draft a quarterback. I, I, I was one like you that was saying, no, you don't, you don't trade that away. There's something elite about his game. And you see if you can build around that. Right. But that doesn't mean there isn't some building left to do you know yeah he's he's an insane runner like insane as good as like the, the 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 some of the better running backs and receivers in football when he has the ball in space and there's room it's off the charts good right but when you get into his quarterback play and leading the offense my big theme or what i would say is it's a collection of great plays with no consistency right it plays well on you know our highlight packages or espn but then when you break the game down, you go, oh, incomplete pass, not a good read. Oh, he missed a throw here. Oh, okay, g- good run. Oh, whoa, insane run. Oh, he missed an open receiver. Oh, he was a little off target there. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe he pulled that run off you know then it's it's so that's where there's a lacking and i can't put justin fields higher than that right now cuz i got to see more in the throwing department and playing in the pocket and doing that like we talked about earlier in the show the greatest team i've seen assembled over the last 10 or 12 years they had the running quarterback offense and they couldn't win the super bowl with a 10 point lead in the second half so at some point you're going to have to play some I got to play and make some plays in the pocket and run the offense. And this team can stop my run game. And I can, okay, so what? Now I can pick you apart with the passing game. And I got to see that from Justin Fields first before I bump him up more than this.
0: It really is fun to watch him play but the bottom line is they were the worst team in football and That's
1: what I and, so. and people have forgot that. That's where I, it's like uh, it, and I'm uh, you know it's a little in between there. Well, let's trade him but now he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a fantasy lover because he's going to have their stats and the touchdowns that way. So that's going to add to the hype, but the point is yes, all those highlights and the adjustment they made to quarterback run, they beat New England and they never won a game the rest of the year. So that's I got to see more there.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how defenses prepare to try to bottle him up as a runner. That's when the opening will be there to develop as a passer. Right. And that's when he's going to have to show what he can do. Does he get frustrated because the running lane isn't there? Does that impact his ability to throw the ball? I think there's a lot of questions because defenses aren't just going to sit back and say, "Do to us what you did last year, they're going to try to take away the run. They They are. They're going to force him to throw. Exactly. And he's going to have to be able to develop that way or... It's not going to last for him in Chicago. He's not going to be regarded as a top 25 guy by you next year if he doesn't do it. Next up, and I usually don't push back on these, but at number 22, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raiders quarterback. Good Lord, help me understand. Help me understand, handsome or not, Pete, help me understand how this guy lands at number 22 ahead of some of the guys we've already discussed. Well, I mean, man, when you
1: watch Jimmy Garoppolo and what he did last year, he played some of his best football of his career. I mean, other than that week two, you know, he got thrown into a tough situation. He wasn't there in training camp, the Denver Broncos. He played pretty damn good. He really did. When you watch it, you start to go, man, you know, Really pushing the envelope, you know, making some high-level throws. You know, the one thing I love about Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, he he is phenomenal under pressure in the pocket. You know, he's a below-average athlete. We know that. He can't run. But like a Marino or a Brady, he's great at working the pocket and finding certain areas there, okay? And then he does not need space to throw the football. Man, the one thing that I really respect, about, like you see in some of these clips, he doesn't blink under pressure. With people around him and about to hit him, he stands in there and makes a ton of throws into tight windows, and he can process really well, okay? Now, within all that and those good things I said and why he is where he is, and you know you can make a deep playoff run with Jimmy Garoppolo and get to the Super Bowl and all that, but he's always good for one Tropic Thunder moment, as I like to call it, where you just go, man, great decision, great throw, good decision, great throw, good decision, and then you go, what the... What the F is he thinking right there? So that's a little bit of the frustration there. But, yeah, Mike, I mean, I don't think he gets a credit he deserves a little bit. And I'm not saying he's a superstar. But, you know, again, if we're all on the same team and I have a pecking order and I need an offense run and all that, I'm going to take Jimmy Garoppolo slightly ahead of Justin Fields right now. I'm sorry about that.
0: And, and, and hey, I'm going to go back to the guy we started this with, yeah. Baker Mayfield. He was available to be signed. Jimmy Garoppolo was available to be signed. And we know that Josh McDaniels had an affinity for Baker Mayfield when he was coming out of Oklahoma in 2018. And McDaniels got to witness the magic of Mayfield on that Thursday night game. When he came back, you know, it was 16-3 late and they came back and won. And there was never talk about the Raiders going after Mayfield. They went straight for Jimmy Garoppolo. So McDaniels has knowledge of both and he clearly went in the direction of Garoppolo. So we'll see. Staying healthy. Is That's the, the big Staying thing. Staying healthy is the key. That's no the doubt. big knock. And yes. also those moments, those moments that pop up at the worst possible time where he throws the ball just right to the other guy on the other team. And you're like, what the hell is this? You're never going to win anything of significance if your quarterback is going to do that in key moments. All right. We need to take a break. Uh next two quarterbacks on Chris's list are division rivals, and the ranking might cause a little bit of a stir. We'll do that next here on this Thursday edition of PF. Mike McDaniel serving as hype man. That was the other night at the Heat-Celtics game. There aren't a whole lot of people in the stands no. when Mike McDaniels getting Miami. everyone fired up. But they are there, locked in, ready. This is during the game. The Florida Panthers. Bang that drum, Mike McDaniel. Up, up, psych. It's just a warm-up. Here he goes. Boom, boom, boom. Awesome. I think it's awesome. It's great that he's engaged with the other teams. Yeah. But ultimately, ultimately, there's one team in South Florida that he cares about. It's the Miami Dolphins, and they got to the playoffs last year. They gave the Bills a run for their money, even with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. I guess we should have seen the loss to the Bengals coming. If the Bills couldn't knock out the Dolphins quickly and easily with Skylar Thompson at quarterback, yeah, Joe Burrow going to make mincemeat of Buffalo, as he did. But now two is back, two is healthy, two is learning jiu-jitsu so he can keep himself healthy, and he comes in, Chris. At number 21, On the Chris Sims, top quarterback, count You hate Tua. Why do you have Tua at number 21? Don't you hate Tua? <laughs> I heard you hate Tua. They yeah. said on Twitter you hate Tua. Uh, that's what they say,
1: right? I know. All those intelligent Twitter people, right? But, uh, I mean, listen, there's a lot to like about Tua. Do I still have questions and need to see more? I mean, uh, okay, yeah, I do. You know, uh, here the positives are, are, are listen, he, he runs the, the offense, perfectly he's perfect fit for that offense that's where it's great right he's he's i think other than aaron rodgers maybe the best rpo thrower in football he's got one of the quickest releases in the game There's no doubt about that. It's what I love about him. I mean, but you see balls like that right there. His arm is below average for an NFL starter. There's a lot of balls that flutter in the air, and you go, that should be a 60-yard touchdown, but the guy had to stop and jump up and catch the ball, and we got 50 or 40 yards or whatever. There's that. You know, He's got incredible feet. There's no doubt about that. He's incredibly quick that way. He's not necessarily a great runner. Uh, and then, you know, his releases. He has a ton of different releases. That, that's where I do love to it. He can find lane, sidearm, awkward body throws, all of those type of things, right? But, you know, when the tricks of the offense are taken away and there's, you know, things that Mike McDaniel doesn't serve up for him a little bit to a degree, his below average arm and, and what I'm talking about and his size and throws with the pocket collapsing, it doesn't create much. It doesn't. So that's what I'm saying. If the offense doesn't kind of create it, I don't know. You know, Tua, it, it's, it's spotty at times. And with power throws or balls, you need to put a little extra oomph in. He can certainly lose control of those balls at time. And like I said, you know, durability is part of this conversation as well. And that's another part of him that certainly has to improve with his jujitsu and, you know, being able to take hits and, and keep, keep himself on the field more.
0: It has to be. It has to be. Right. The best quarterbacks are available to right. their teams every week. You can't be a franchise quarterback and not be on the field. And we had three concussions. Well, two concussions and a back injury last year. Sure. For Tua All because, All because his helmet struck the turf. Whether it was grass or whether it was artificial turf. I think it was It was grass the first time around in Miami. It was. But
1: then – The frozen position was the the Bengals field. Right, right. That
0: was – yeah, when he was in the fencing posture, that happened on artificial turf in Cincinnati. So that's a big part of this. I agree with you. Does he – Yeah. And I say this because you and I are both card-carrying lefties. Yeah. Does he get perceived differently because it looks weird when a lefty throws the football?
1: I don't think so. You know, it is weird to see. I mean, there's so, you know, he's the only lefty, I think, in football right now, right? I think we're going to have one more come in the draft next year. And uh, Michael Pennick from Washington, who can be, a, he's going to be a first-round pick for sure. But, you know, hey, there's always an adjustment with the lefty. It doesn't look weird. I mean, I'm, I feel like, you know, again, I'm a lefty. I've I got a trained eye. Right? you know, Like I said, lefty, not whatever. The releases are quick. They're creative. I love all that. He can have his feet cockeyed and still make a, a nice little accurate five, eight-yard throw that's impressive. But, man, lefty, righty, whatever, the ball floats in the air too much. And you're not going to see a lot of high-level outside number throws or balls into tight windows. And like we saw in the, the 49ers game and even the Chargers game, they took away some of the screens and the bootlegs and the things that, you know, who was it, Logan Ryan that made fun of him last year for all the one-yard throws or all that? You know, they took away that stuff, and you saw, oh, wait, you got to hit 15- and 20-yard throws on, on consistent basis, And there was more to be had there, and that's something where I think he can improve, and, you know, we'll see where he goes this year in year two of that offense.
0: I'd like to have a conversation with Tua about his efforts to use safety scissors when he was in, kindergarten and first grade. That's something we talked about earlier. as <laughs> yeah, right. lefties. The world has a very strong bias against lefties, especially when it comes to the manufacturing use of scissors. Mac Jones, not a lefty. He comes in one spot higher than Tua tonga on the chris sims top 40 quarterback countdown michael mccorkle jones that's right last year's debacle right how do you put him at number 20 well here's the thing this is
1: because i know and you know i play this game you know that and you know what i'm hearing other people start to play this game a little bit which i think should be right like we talked about earlier christian mccaffrey's really good he didn't look really good on the carolina panthers early last year oh he got on a really good team and then looked like an all-pro player oh shocker okay okay so, you know, let's play that game. I mean, do you think Mac Jones, if he was on the Dolphins, wouldn't have looked a little different last year? Do you think Tua, more importantly, could have looked as good as Mac Jones playing on that crap last year? I don't think so. Right? So that's he where would've, I, he
0: would've he would have he would have <laughs> needed the safety scissors because it was definitely a first grade offense. <laughs>
1: exactly. Right? So when you break down Mac Jones, it's better than you realize last year. He did not have a lot of help around him. No weapon to worry about, right? The offense, we talked about it. It was dysfunctional and not detailed and not very creative, right? Um, but he's an incredible decision maker. He is got incredible anticipation, and his accuracy is through the roof. And, yeah, his arm is not real powerful, right, But it's like above-average NFL starting quarterback arm. But because of all the other things I said, he makes a number of big-time power throws because of his feel and his ability to read the defense and his touch and all that and his ability to put the ball on the money where, man, he makes – 15, 18, 25-yard throws on the money on the regular. Now, are those guys open, and and can they protect them all the time? No, not exactly. Early in the year, he was a little careless, I think, trying to make a few plays happen and force the offense to get over the hump, a la the Ravens game where he throws three interceptions. But once he's settled in and all that, man, physically he's quick, he runs better than people think. He's got a very quick release, too. Not two or Aaron Rodgers real quick, but it's it's damn quick. And, again, let's not put all the, the offensive struggles and the team struggles on the quarterback. Mac Jones can run an offense if you give him the tools.
0: Well, And now you've got the tools. Now you've got a real offensive right. coach. And this isn't a knock on Matt Patricia. He never should have been put That's in right. that position. Right. Never should have been, and for him, it's like, yeah, I can do this. I've been coaching football for a long time. He doesn't understand it. Somebody needs to protect him from that. That's where Bill Belichick failed. And and we need to take a break. But when we return, yeah. whatever preparations they're undertaking in New England to get the team ready for the 2023 season took a little bit of a hit. Patriots in a little bit of trouble. Uh-oh. I don't know if you heard this before? Patriots breaking the rules? <laughs> I'm kidding. I guess I'm not. More PFT live right after this. <laughs> <The> play game. <laughs> A little trouble for the New England Patriots. According to Mike Reese of ESPN.com, the Patriots have lost two days of OTAs for violating the rules of the offseason program. We don't know yet what they did. We just know the consequence. Two days gone. I assume there will be an announcement at some point with some sort of information as to what it is the Patriots did to get themselves into hot water and lose those two days. It could be they had impermissible contact with players before the program began. It could be there was impermissible involvement with coaches in Phase 1 because Phase 1 is just strength and conditioning. It could be a variety of things. There are many different ways you can violate the rules. They got busted, and they lost 20% of their total allotment of OTA practices because of it. Yeah, it's,
1: it's a big deal. We know that. They're a team that's trying to, you know, improve on what they've been the last two years. There's pressure on them. So is it important? Yes. But like if I would bet if it was a betting man, I, I'm I would think it's one of those things right there, you know, that, that yeah, they were on the field in phase one, maybe, you know, cheating the system a little bit or what the current rules are. But what I find more, and this is where the NFL is weird, like I, I would think that one of the players on the Patriots called and tattletailed on the Patriots too. That's the world we're in right now as far as the NFL and the NFLPA there. But, yeah, something like that that you you, uh, explained must have happened.
0: Bottom line, somebody's pushing the envelope and somebody was willing to take the risk. Yeah. And it speaks to the level of urgency that exists to turn this around. It goes back to what Robert Kraft said at the league meetings in Arizona in late March. I think he made it as plain as he could for anybody willing to read between the lines. Bill Belichick cannot survive another bad season or or if he does he will survive it just barely he needs to turn this thing around and maybe their zeal to turn it around got him in trouble and my guess is chris scale of one to ten how pissed off he is about this 12 13 14 right Fifteen maybe.
1: Yeah, right. I would think so. They got some young players on offense. They wanna get Mac Jones and the offense going again. And this is the time you can work and get some of those kinks out for sure, Mike.
0: He's gonna be mad, and I wouldn't want to be there when he uh he says whatever he has to say the next day at work. Let's go ahead and take a break when we return. In honor of Michael Parsons turning twenty four tomorrow. Today's draft. Well, there we went. We're gone. So you'll find out when we're back. (laughs) So game, man. Good luck
1: tonight, man. Yo, last time I you at the Philly
0: jersey, boy. I was in Philly. So Now for
1: tonight. I'm with you tonight. I was, a, you know I was a Ruben, you know how Ruben get. No, I Yo. Uh-huh. Hey, hey. I, I'm going to need a zero today too. I
0: got am out to go get a Celtics jersey. Oh boy, he's the Snoop dog. You know, Snoop Dogg shows up in every jersey of every team, fan of every team out there. Micah Parsons in the Philadelphia jersey, then in the Celtics jersey. What's the one on the left? I don't know. Is so that's that the Mavericks, Mavericks jersey? Yeah, that's yeah. Luka Doncic yeah.
1: right there, his jersey.
0: It's good. It's good that Jason Tatum busted him a little bit. Oh, it's amazing next year. I'm claiming one team next year. Sure. Sure. Pick a team and stick with the team. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. It. There's, nothing wrong, with that. that's There's right. nothing wrong with that. He's having fun. Right. I so, love Michael Parsons. We, we, He's quietly become we one Michael of my Parsons. favorite. He's
1: like one of my favorite players in football. You know, he doesn't take himself too serious. He has fun on social media. He's a great guy.
0: Awesome talent, smart player, good businessman, gets it. Seems to be a fan of the game, a student of the game, pays attention to it, just doesn't show up and do his thing and check out. He's very interested in what happens with the sport. I think he'll be good, and I think he'll have a future in media because, uh, first of all, everyone's going to want him because Cowboys and great player, but also I think he'll be really good at it. All right, because he turns 24 tomorrow, here's our draft. The best NFL defenders under the age of 25. Chris, go. All right, I'm going to go
1: right to the cornerback position here. I'm going to go with Patrick Surtain. Uh, Denver Broncos corner, uh, I think arguably the, the best corner in the sport right now. There's a few guys that are in that in that convo, but size, smarts, unbelievable hips and ball skills. I mean, he's got it all. He's one of those island shutdown type of corners out there in Denver. Uh, I'll take Patrick Sertain.
0: Boy, you leave Sauce Gardner on I know. the board. I'll take Sauce Gardner. Yeah. By the way, by the way, this is the Micah Parsons Memorial Draft. He's not going to be part of this, but I'll go Sauce Gardner, the defensive rookie of the year in 2022, and the arrow is only pointing up for him.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you there. He's uh, it, it was him or him or certain to start this off. So uh, I was with you there. Now this is where it gets interesting, right here. All right, okay. I think I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips pass rusher on the miami dolphins all right you know of course we know how important pass rusher is it's it's arguably you could say affecting or winning super bowls i think other than quarterback you could probably look at pass rusher in history and go that's probably a position that affects it more than anything else other than the quarterback position jalen phillips is the best pass rusher on the miami dolphins i know bradley Chubb is the one that's making 20 million a year he ain't as good as jalen phillips jalen phillips is going to be getting that type of contract and he's he is he's he's climbing that i'm um, watch out for me i'm going to be a 12 15 sack a year type of guy right now i'm going to go with him
0: I will go with Aiden Hutchinson, guy who could have been defensive rookie yeah, of the year last year. And I think he won one of the rookie of the year things, like a, an offshoot. Of, yes, I like think the you're Pepsi right. Like rookie of the year, something like that. So I'll go Aiden Hutchinson. He was great last year. And he's another guy where sky's the limit for exactly. him in Detroit. Let's take a break. We'll do round three and wrap up the show right after this. Before we wrap the show and get back to the draft, as promised, I got some information about the Lamar patch. I am told that the Ravens decorate with patches on the practice jerseys for accomplishments both individual and team-related. It relates to process, team accomplishment. It happens over a career. It's like the military does on the dress uniform. The two A's signify division championships. I know that much because I have another photo where it's more clear. I've seen one where there's a little Super Bowl trophy logo on the patch so it's kind of like a military thing. Gotcha. Like it's your it's your 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 medals yeah. on your on your uh, uniform. Medal of honor. A okay. pin. I
1: like it. Yeah, that's cool. But that, you know, that's how you incentivize players to to work and, you know, be there and, you know, accomplish things on the field. Certainly a, a cool thing to 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 have a part of your culture there in Baltimore.
0: All right, give me a player. Could be a Raven if you want, under twenty-five or twenty-five and under to be more specific and accurate. Best defender in honor of the Micah Parsons twenty-fourth birthday.
1: I'm uh, like, I'm having fun, and and you know, there's not as many edge rushers and and defensive guys as you'd think. A big-time D lineman under twenty-five. A lot of them are twenty-five. There, I, I like on these drafts going with some people that are under the radar that people don't realize are good. I'm going to go with Tyson Campbell, the corner from Jacksonville. Mike, you heard me talk wow. to Well, you heard me talk to him about about him with Doug Peterson. Remember at the combine, right? Tyson Campbell is one of those guys that's he's up there with Sauce Gardner and Patrick Surtain. He's just in Jacksonville and he wasn't a top 5 pick and he hasn't quite got the notoriety yet, but they put him on an Island versus the best people all the time. He's phenomenal. I'm going to give him some love.
0: Boy, there's a lot to choose from here. There's guys I like like Gregory Rousseau. I'm a yeah. big fan of Gregory Rousseau. He hasn't really had the full breakthrough yet. Right. Oh man. Um uh what the what the hell? I'll uh I'll go Trayvon Walker. Okay. I thought he was awesome last year. He was the first overall pick he's accomplished, and I think he's in another position and setting where he's only going to get better and better as the Jaguars get yeah. better and better. By the way, by the way, All I'm right. told we had some sound issues for the first few minutes of the show. We did. So you're going to want to catch the rear because that's when Chris and I talk about tattoos and I make an open offer to Chris that he has rejected. Last chance. Last chance. Last chance to accept. I got to think about that
1: one. I'm not ready to dive into that marriage with you quite yet. <laughs> See ya. Have, Have a, a good week, Memorial then. Day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy,